You're listening to Culture Camp. Tune in each week to hear from an amazing lineup of athletes, CEOs, founders, and more who have created winning cultures in their organization. Each will share the secrets to creating a culture in your business that will lead you to thrive. Are you ready? Here's your host, Jason Haugen. All right, welcome back to another episode of Culture Camp. I got a fun one for you guys today. I got Mr. Dusky Road. Dusky, what up? Thank what you up? for being on the show. Thank you. Dude, you are man of mystery to me, I feel like. But oh, I'm, nice. I feel like I'm getting to know you better. We've hung nice. out quite a bit. Um, had a good time down in Vegas that one time oh, with, yeah. uh, when we were elevator nights and you just randomly went down there, but you you walked with a bunch of money gambling. So that was that was awesome. Yeah, I love it. Epic night. Um, but Dusky, dude, you're freaking amazing, dude. And you're super well connected and just awesome. So dude, thank, thank you. For, thank you for being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having um, me on the show. You got a good, you got an amazing bio, man. I, I, I got this whole text message of anybody, you know, you can't <laughs> see it, but it's a, it's a ton of different stuff, but, um, you lived in, you, uh, graduated high school, um, which we'll get into your story, right? Well, we graduated high school, went to New Zealand, learned the culture. I can't wait to talk about that. Um, then you came back and you were the youngest regional marketing manager in the world for Pepsi Cola. Yeah. That's, that's massive. Um, you're a top rank, uh, ranked visual marketer and social media specialist, and you built multiple successful businesses, including um, passive income ventures and long-term investments and create success for him, his family, other, uh, and also other, other individuals. Yeah. Um, and created lots of jobs and opportunities and just an all around amazing dude. And your goal is to help solve the problems of those that everybody come in contact with, which I will say that you yeah, do. I do um, my best. You know, you're always trying to like, help me out. You're always trying to ask me what I need. Um, you're always there for a good time. And dude, it's been, it's honestly been so much fun getting to know you and your wife. Same. And, and I'll say Jess, because Jess has always been there every time. Yeah. We, yeah. We hang out. That's, Shout out to that's Jess. true. <laughs> um, but dude, you're just, you're, you're all over the place and, and you're, you're blowing it up. Rogue liquidity is, is growing, which we'll get into. And it's just, it's been a lot of fun to, to watch since the first time I met you at an event. Um, we, we don't have to name the names of the event, but we met you at an event <laughs> and we, we just kind of connected. And then I spoke for the, your, your mastermind group or what on yeah, uh, Golden, Zoom, Key yeah, Golden Key Society. Yeah. And we just kind of stayed connected. So it's been, it's yeah, been a lot of it's fun. It's been awesome. You're Dude, you're freaking young. How old are you? 26. Ah, I can't believe that. Yeah. And you're so. crushing it. I, you know, in the last, the last two years have probably been the most amazing time in my entire life. And we are only going to go up from here. That's you know? awesome, man. I love to hear that. I love your attitude about it. And now you're, you know, you're, you're getting, you're out there for sure. I mean, everybody knows you, um, they're just cool. So I want to get into you know, the story of entrepreneurship, right? I mean, okay. you know, I like to get into to your story because I'm really like, this is obviously called culture camp. Like I get in this, I love getting into the psychology of how you think and, and why you do what you do. And I feel like a lot of that is based on you, know, you growing up childhood and things that you've gone through. Um, and you can go into in depth as much as you want or not, but I'd like to just, you know, where'd you get started? You know, how was growing up? How was life? You know, you went to New Zealand. Let's get into that. Yeah. Well, um, I was born in New Mexico, quickly moved to here to Utah. And then I had a really good, I had a really good childhood. My mom did extremely well, um, financially, um, and my dad was always an English teacher. So my dad was always home 30 minutes after I got home from school. My dad was always free in the summers. Um, that's awesome. I was, my parents were very active in my life to the standards that I set, which is kind of, kind of a weird thing to think about. Like a lot of times in my life, I wanted to be more, have more freedom. Right. My parents kind of allowed that. 
Um, you know, I had a set curfew, you know, you'd be home before 12 o'clock, except for if you're sleeping at your friend's house. Right. right. So almost my teenage years is probably where a lot of who I am, you know, obviously kind of became and, I think as a kid, I was very outspoken. Like I wore freaking uh, yellow skinny jeans and like a blue t-shirt at the same time. I was the kid that, you know, walked down with like a, a speaker on his backpack and like jamming music. I love it. In, in fact, like when I explain it to people, I think, you know, people automatically think like this kid was a loser in school because I was just so crazy. But a lot of times what happened is a lot of people just always called me to have a good time or to right. do something. Right. They were, if they were bored, they called me and I'd be like, let's go, you know, jump four wheelers. I know some sweet, you know, places to go or something along those lines. So being connected with a lot of people and really investing myself, you know, at what I try to do is not so much have connections, you know, not so much be like, Oh, if you need something, I'm going to shoot you all these numbers, right? It's more so right. like, I'm going to give you a piece of me. And the reason that I'm so like invested in you is because now there's a piece of me with you, right? you know? So like, it's like, well, for you, you know, when I met you and stuff, I'm like, well, Jason has something in his life that I want and I need to learn from. And so I invest that piece of me into you. What that means is, no matter what, you're going to be my friend. Right. I'm going I'm to be there with you. Like, And so I grew up really great life. Um, I didn't have any struggle as a kid. Uh, my mom had some pretty large anger issues. Never like hit as a kid, but like my mom, for an example, like uh, amazing mother. But when she right. got mad, she got mad. Uh, she threw a hammer down at our ground and it bounced up and broke the chandelier. Like she threw it so hard at the ground that it bounced wow. and broke our whole chandelier. She just unhealthy anger, um, right. which it was something I had to get. I had to actually get over and like suppress. I never really got angry at people. But um, when it comes to, you know, dealing with conflict, that was something I had to learn uh, to become a real good entrepreneur. But I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always been about money. Um, my whole, my, my parents always said, Dusky, you are going to be the one in all the kids that makes the most money because you know how to do it. And where do you think that came from? Um, I always wanted shit. Yeah. And I always loved doing stuff. I love, always, do you like sorry love working. No, no, well. you're good. Okay. You love like working, like just love like I like always hustled. Um, right when I was 15, got my first job as a, a cook's assistant in uh it's called Aspen Ridge West in Murray. Uh drove an hour and a half to you know work. Wow. Right. But I made better money than the guys that are working at Taco Bell. And then from there, uh, became one of the youngest CNAs they were to ever hire because I got my licenses super early, like the earliest I possibly could. Then I became a CNA and did that, connected with people. People have always been a thing to me. Right. And with good connections and good people, I see generally go hand in hand with money. Right. I agree. Not so that you can use people to get money, but that when when you're genuine in the problems that you're trying to solve, money will just like come. Right. You know, and I think that's because the value of a, of a human is based off of their genuineness in like connecting with people 
and value generally comes in money. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people say, well, like if you put your value here, right, then that's what people are going to pay you. Well, if you're a freaking idiot or a terrible person, your value is not actually there. You need to take a, you know, go to your inside core. After that, I, uh, you know, raised great life, all those things, had a car, always had responsibilities, paid for my car, all, all those things. It wasn't a spoiled kid, um, was taught about work cleaning your room, all those things. I never did not, um, you know, do those things within, you know, a teenager, right? Like, I'm not saying I was a perfect kid. I really wasn't a perfect angel child. After that, I went to, uh, I served an LDS mission in New Zealand. So um, just left. I didn't want to go on one originally because the, the faith of it and everything, I'm not going to get too much into it, but it wasn't really for me, but I kind of came to my parents and my junior, my junior year. And I was like, Hey, there's never going to be a chance ever where I could go live somewhere for free. Like, and it could be, it could be Idaho, you know, but I'll be able to live there for free and I'll be young and I'll be able to do it by myself. Right. So I'm going to go on one. And I said, I don't know. Were they surprised? My, my mom, well, here's the biggest surprise is I came to my junior year and I said, I want to graduate this year and I want to go on LDS mission because my birthday's in September. So I would have to, if I wanted to go when I was 18, I would not do my senior year. And so I was like, it was literally two months before junior year's over and I graduated when I was, you didn't ever go to your senior year. I never did my senior year. Wow. So I graduated early, left, went on an LDS mission right when I was the January after I turned 18, um, it was a blast, dude. That was the, that was the, well, you went to that was Zealand. the bomb. That's pretty epic. It was, it, I learned so much and made connections with people and learned languages and it was the culture that I needed in my life. It was culture about people because I don't think as a kid, I valued people as much as I valued money because, you know, as a kid, you think, oh, if you want to buy that you know, that one thing, that new phone or whatever, well, you need money, right? Right. You didn't, I didn't value people as much. And when you took money out of the equation, I actually realized that I just love people and the experiences I can have with them. Like I would rather, instead of buying a, a Rolex, I would rather go take that 15 grand and go pay for a bunch of friends to go do something crazy. Right. And it's not so much that I'm trying to flex or anything and be like, I am, look at me, I have money or anything. It's more like, let's go make a memory. You might not be able to afford it, but I can. And I want you with me because my wife's awesome and I love doing stuff with her, but my wife and I love people. We love people around us. So in New Zealand, learned that and actually gained the name Dusky while I was in uh, in New Zealand and gained the name Rogue while I was in New Zealand as well. Really? So um, I was sitting under a naked mermaid statue called the Dusky Maiden. And somebody called me Dusky Dalton because that's my original last name, Dalton. And it stuck. And it went crazy in so much when I got home um, that people still called me Dusky. And so it just was like, that was it. And so Rogue came from, I learned photography on my mission as well which is one of my big, like it helped my life a lot um, as an entrepreneur from a guy um, who was a part of this thing called the rogue crew. 
And I always wanted to come home and buy a camera and be part of the Rogue crew. So I changed my Instagram at to Dusky Rogue. Mm -hmm. Everyone just knows me as Dusky Rogue. And all my businesses, the Rogue crew, literally two months later, like stopped. Really? Like they went bankrupt. They didn't do anything. And they're gone. I've actually, to this day, have tried to still buy the Rogue crew Instagram so I could just own it just because I'm like, man, I wanted to be a part well, of it. And then that's why you did what you did, right? It's just like yep. kind of a dream seeing that through. That's that's interesting, dude. Like I'm sitting here thinking across the table, like <laughs> me and you are identical. Really? Dude, we're the same person. Like we're the same person. <laughs> like I'm like, bro, what are you copy? Like I was just like, we are the yeah. same person. I love like, like, so like, dude, my wife makes fun of me all the time. They're like, she's like, you can never be alone. Like if she goes out with the girls, I'm like hitting up the boys. Like, Hey, you guys want to do something? I yep. got a poker table right out here. Like yep. I'm, I'm playing poker. Let's go do something. <laughs> Let's hang out. There's a game on. Like I'm always trying to surround myself with people because I love people. And like, I want to, like, I want to, I'm the same way. Like if we're going on a trip or a vacation, like I want to be able to provide like, who can I bring a good time. Yeah, come yeah, with like, me. Yeah. And it's like, you know, sometimes we get a little bit too much when Mikel's like, hey, we need like a vacation, just you and I. And I'm yeah. like, but we could bring do this and we could do that. And like, we have all these friends and that'd be epic. And we go do that. Like, dude, we're the same person. And I've, I think it's helped me a lot in life. Like, like learning to just care so much about people. Like people probably think that I'm weird to the point <laughs> that like, I just want to be your friend and a connection. Like, yeah. And it's in, in like kind of a plug if you need something. Like, I don't need anything from you. But when I walk into the room and you're there too, I want you to think good things yeah. and, and want to say hi. Yeah. And be like, Hey, how's it going? Good to see you. Yep. We'll see you later. Like yeah. I saw Zach Moss yesterday at the game. We just said, what's up to each other. Talked yeah. to me a little, little bit. I, I met his wife. Um, they're expecting a baby here pretty soon and just chatted with them and then left. Yeah. And then like, I'm like, dude, that, that was awesome. Like, I'm glad that I can make those connections in, in, in like, I know these people, but like, I just want the, the friendship and the relationship because I, uh, like I, I want them to feel like loved, which sounds weird. Like I'm sure that they, like they feel a lot of love in different areas, but like yeah. true, like friendship where I don't want anything. I don't need anything yeah. from them, but all I want is that relationship. And, but we can like, you know, if you need anything, we can hit each other, hit each other up like that, that much of a relationship where yeah. it's like, Hey, like if you know anybody that has this or know anybody that needs this or like, I'll always know. bring you the opportunity because I know that that's in your field, but you don't have to take it in order to gain or gain value from who yeah. I am. Like I'm not coming to you because I know I can get something. It's because, Hey, this is an opportunity. And because I appreciate you and I know you, I think it could help you. If you decide it's not, it's no big deal. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like with like presenting something with no expectation of anything in return or, yep. or having a relationship with no expectation yep. of anything in return and not being a transactional type person with relationships. Like, yep. you know, we see that a lot, especially in our circle here in Utah, oh is that you know you, they're they're your best friend until they figure out like they're not going to extract everything from you or that maybe they don't need you for a bunch of deals or like maybe you you helped them do something and now like you don't really have anything for them and now they kind of just push you to the side yeah like i i don't i don't like that like now that doesn't mean like we like you know it's a people are busy and you know you're not hanging out with everybody every two yeah. seconds but it's like like a guy like we, we have like a go-to kind of crew who are like hey yeah. like, we're going out let's do this like i definitely yeah i definitely do yeah but um that's awesome man i'm glad like like new jersey new zealand sounds amazing I, I i would absolutely love to go down there my mom and dad have been to australia and new zealand um they said that they're beautiful amazing places it's out of this world 
That, that's awesome. So when you come back, man, how is life when you come back? Because it, it's it's a it's a different ball game, and missions are, yeah. are a whole whole other. You're like in a fantasy land. When yeah, you have no social media, no, especially yeah. back. Th- they didn't allow you to be on Facebook back then, mm-hmm. but now now you can be, and all these things are getting they're getting babies. Ba- yeah, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> now you can like call home on Google Meet or whatever. Now every Monday or whatever that Ridiculous. that is or whatever, um, or Saturday. Well, I don't know when it is. Yeah. It doesn't matter, but. Um, you know, back then it was like, you're completely cut off from the world and your yeah. family. I mean, you could write letters, which I don't even, you know, I was terrible at writing. Letters. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's a, it's awesome that you kind of just went and did your own thing. So when you came yeah. back, how was it? Um, to be honest, when I came back from my mission until about two years ago was probably the hardest time in my entire life. Really? Because, um, I got home and basically in a way had 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 a had a girl waiting for me and i kind of had an arranged marriage kind of not like full on like if you don't marry this girl but i you get home here's the thing and this was it, is was something, it within your religion yeah okay. yeah so so here's the thing about you know guys that you know in utah we talk about the lds faith a lot because you know almost everybody that even isn't lds anymore like myself they served a mission which right. is hilarious. Um, but you get home and if you don't allow yourself time to acclimate, like you'll just believe everything. Right. And so I get, I came home, got off, off the, the plane. And this girl was there like with my family. Right. Right. And then that night, my parents kind of, my mom, she was, she got in a really bad accident. This is when my mom kind of turned psycho. Um, like my mom after my mission is just like, Oh, I go on for hours. She's, it literally crazy. And I don't have a relationship with her anymore really, uh, because of those things. But she set it up where I got back home December 28th. So they waited Christmas. So my mom set up the scavenger hunt. And at the end was my ex-wife now. Um, and I like, I'm a return missionary. just got released. And I, I kissed this girl who I'm like, I don't even really know. Right. And, um, so did you know her before? mission so apparently we had a class together in high school but i never knew her so you never wrote her never talked to her never so wrote i wrote her. i wrote her like like coming home but not like we're gonna get married and blah 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 blah. it's like let's date you know like i'd love to date right you're right. you're a guy that he you haven't dated or hugged a girl especially in two years within that yeah i mean you know like yeah let's go on dates this is gonna be so fun right i'm gonna get home get a job get a date i'm gonna date girls for probably a couple of years well it comes come the the whole i got married four months later married wow okay to the day four months later to the day wow the whole four months was hell like there was times where we were like this isn't gonna work out and but my mom told me like no this is love like what you guys have is is love and me not knowing anything and me trusting my parents i'm like oh this is love you know so then we got married it was terrible you know, there wasn't really much good that came from it. Um, during that time, I got set on fire. So I got burned, mm-hmm. burned alive and everything. And that was probably the day that I was like, things have to change from here. Right. You know, um, I, I achieved greatness. Great, not greatness, but great things during that time still. You know, I, I did a bunch of jobs, worked for Coca-Cola and got headhunted by Pepsi because I was destroying them in Utah because... I tried to go above and beyond. I was a great employee. My parents always taught me how to work and how to beat someone else. Right. That's the thing. My parents were very, they, they would teach us to be competitive. So if you did a good job, I was going to do, if you showed up at 6am, I was there at 430. 
Right. And so everyone at this job would show up at 6 a.m. and I would already be done because I showed up at 4.30. Wow. And I, I would always be ahead of the game. They couldn't keep up with me in the fact that every, all the Pepsi products in all the stores I was over were no longer on the floor and they only had the shelf. In any store you walked into, it was dominated by Coca-Cola and Pepsi had the worst ratings, all this stuff. And then, so then they headhunted me to become the regional marketing manager in Ogden over Ogden to Salt Lake being the youngest in the world. Wow. Like it was, so there was great things that happened through that, that time in my life. But that whole time I didn't know, I, I dealt with things that I, I didn't deserve to. So like, right. Cause you, so anyway, I got divorced met my wife now. So, so how long were you married? So I was married for for technically five years, but we were going through divorce like starting, you know, four and a half years. Okay. So married for a I would consider a, so, a okay time, right? Yeah. A good a good run, I guess. But it's a lot I mean for for only dating for four months or really even knowing this this, yeah. this this girl for four months. Well because my parents always told me divorce isn't an option. It's not an option. And then my parents got divorced. Right. So, so did they get divorced before you got divorced? Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. So, so I bet that was a little bit of a wake up call of like, mom, you've been telling me this, you know, stuff the whole, oh, this whole time. And then you and dad go rock my world. Like my childhood home, um, being sold. And I lived there my entire life. Really? Like just ripped my heart out, you know, and it was hard, you know, divorces, but when you're older, it's easier, I think. Cause like I have my own life. Right. And right. my parents don't have any kids at home. Right. So yeah, then it, I get divorced. it's hard. Like I don't, I don't, I don't wish divorce on any, I mean, I'm divorced. Yeah. You know, and I have a daughter with, with my ex wife, obviously. Um, and it's hard. Like I don't wish divorce on anybody. I yeah. Mean, it, it, it's difficult. But then at the same time, like I don't want people to ever feel like they're in bond, like they can't get out, like that they're in, like they're slaves to the, the word marriage, right? Like I see that, that was me. I felt like I, there was just no way my ex-wife literally just worked at home Depot and barely went to work. I was making good money as what I did worked like a dog though. They work right. you hard. Cause you're, if your salary, that means you have unlimited hours. Right. Right. And, uh, work me like a dog. My ex-wife just like our house was disgusting. Like I was never home. Our house was disgusting. We had four dogs because we would just buy buy dogs to fill a gap of trying to escape our current living condition or focusing on each other. Right. And I got into like video games, which I never used to do as a kid and like all this stuff. And it just, it sucked until the day that I was like, like we've talked about divorce and we were, we were separated and everything. Like we were already separated and we talked about divorce, but I brought in good money and she didn't have to work, you know, so she could do whatever she wanted and she didn't have to really do anything. Right. So I had to be the one that said, no, we are getting divorced. Like, this is it. We're done. Right. And so was that, was that a easy decision or a hard decision? It was easy for the relationship. It was hard for the, the people around me didn't understand because when I, when I'm, I fell into the whole thing, like in Utah, people always smile at you and like, it's like, everything's great. And then they right. leave and you're like, Hey, you, you did this blah, 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 and life sucks. Right. Right. I, I didn't live my life authentically. So everyone around me is like, this is so out of the blue. 
right? right? Which that's not the case. It wasn't the case at all, actually. It's been, it was going to happen no matter what. Right. So that's our same, similar situation. Right. Some, some people close knew. I mean, we just really drifted apart. Yeah. Really. That's, but, and it was, it was, it was easy cut and dry, you know, uh, not having a kid was made it a little bit easier, right? Like we're not even in each other's lives. I don't even, I don't know anything, nothing like there's, there's no anything. Really? The only thing that we have connected is that we we're going through a litigation with the company right now um, because of what happened to us. Um, but we even to that, though, that those are even separate. Really? Because for some reason, it just felt right that we didn't do the case together and we just did two separate cases. So there's nothing That's good. in any any way. It's like I've never been married you know, for the first, it's like my wife now is my first wife right. I've ever had. And I tell people, I rarely bring up divorce because I'm like, well, I was never married before. I had a long-term girlfriend that was not great. Right. And I got all that relationship because there was literally nothing from it to, to show. We, we had, had a house, we sold it. We both made money and we like left it at that. Was it? Really, that's awesome. I mean, I mean, is is best. I mean, I guess it's bad to say that's awesome, but at least, I mean, it, it could have gone way different. It, it was a healthy right? split, so yeah. I think it is awesome. It yeah, was, that's true. I mean, that, and that's what I'm trying to say is like there, it, there's, like, like my split was very easy. Like we still work. Like they're there are they're in our lives though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, obviously, like we hang out with them a lot. We're we're together a lot. Um, you know, I, I would say like we're like best friends. Um, but. I, I've just seen some nasty divorces, nasty divorces, some year, like six or seven year long divorces. Yeah, I know people that are try, are still trying to get divorced, but they have X amount of money somewhere that has to come out before they can. Right. Yeah. It's just like we didn't, I was done with money because I made a lot of money and I spent money because I love experiences. Right. Right. So I didn't educate myself, which I have now and done very well for. Um, so there just wasn't anything to, the only thing was we need to sell the house and get rid of the dogs, which I kept one. She kept the dog. Right. Right. So, but other than that, there's, there's nothing, there's absolutely no way that we would come into contact ever. Cause she right. still works at home Depot and I go to Lowe's. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. So after that, um, Divorce, met my wife now, and it, which is crazy because she's always like, you never had a date. So I, I've never dated my adult life, really, other really? than my second wife and my first wife. I don't know if that's a- Same. If, there you go. I, I don't that's know if that's crazy. a good thing or like that's like a, you sh- like, I don't know, because my wife right now is like, you've met Lindsay. Yeah. She is- She's that, awesome. That dude. girl is a, a killer. Like- my wife is crazy in the best ways and that's hard to find because with equal, you know, being super hot and actually today is two years of us meeting. Really? Yeah. Today is the day. Congratulations. Thanks. Happy anniversary. Um, and, uh, it, it was just like, I don't know. it It was everything I was looking for in a woman. I learned everything I didn't want. And then I found her and then I'm like, Hey, you solve all of my problems. I'll solve your problems and let's just make this happen in best, right. best, best two years of my life other than my LDS mission. I love it, so. man. And she really is awesome. Like I, 
She's, but she's, you know, my biggest problem with her, she's hard to keep up with. <laughs> she's over there. Like we were at a couple, like the party the other yeah. night and she's like, Jason, come out here. They're dragging me out of the floor. And I'm yeah. like sweating. And I'm like, you guys are just dancing like crazy, but she's, she's awesome, dude. And oh, I, I love stop. the way um, you guys are so cute together, man. And <laughs> like, it, 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 and it's cool to see that you, you've had these life experiences. You've had all kinds of different things going on in your life. You've made a lot of money, honestly, a, a, a shit ton of money, like a lot of yeah. money. And, but like the thing I think I'm most like, this says, this sounds weird, but like attracted to is, or like that I'm drawn to is like your relationship with your wife and your relationship with other people. Like the moment I, the first time I ever really got to sit down with you and your wife was in, uh, I think we were at Mastro's in yeah. Vegas yep. at the, at the crystal shops and just kind of got to sit down and hang out. And I'm like, they are the coolest couple. Like oh, they are thanks. the coolest people. But ditto and ditto for us. <laughs> like we really appreciate and love you two. Like, like it, wait, <laughs> and if you ever want to know authentic us, put a couple drinks in us, right? Because we love it, you know. Like, and you know, it, I guess that's a frown upon thing to really talk about because I have a different philosophy about partying and having fun and everything that's different than a lot of entrepreneurs because they're always like, in your twenties you shouldn't party and you should just work hard and then then you thirty then you can do it and I'm like um. No. Yeah, but all you can also say is you've made a lot more money than most people in their thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But that's because it's actually because I did those things. Right. Like I accredit us at Mastros and me being authentic, me and ordering drinks and just talk and like literally, sp I spill my guts when I when I think when I am invested into someone all like all of a sudden. Um, well, that's not necessarily all of a sudden because I came down to that event to to. For you and Ryan. Right. Like I knew you're you gonna, drove all the way down. I drove like, to what? Vegas because I knew you two would be at the event and that I could just have a 10 minute conversation with you guys. Right. That's how committed I am to like, you're, you're going to be my friend. You're going to be a person that I know that we could have a great friendship and we could have some fun. But also if there was something that I needed or you needed that we could be there for each other. And, right. uh, but when it comes to sitting down, having drinks, talking with people like my wife, she, and I've been working on this cause this is something I do believe I share. I overshare yeah. really easy. Did it me too. Like I'm like, here's everything. And yeah. my wife's like, maybe you should just 50% of what you just said, you know, just let them digest it. Like, but I'm so like, it's passionate. We're going to be best friends. Yeah. Who cares? I'll give you all my secrets. Yeah. Here you go. This is yeah, how we do I, everything. Dude, you and I are literally are the same person. I, <laughs> I'm an oversharer, dude. Yeah. I, I overshare everything. And, and sometimes it's kind of to a fault. And I, like, dude, Mikel, my wife, says the same thing. She's like, hey, you need to stop. Like, probably not a good idea to tell them like everything you're doing or yeah. this or that. Or like, I'm like, okay. Yeah. But like, but I'm like so passionate about it. And, yeah. and I'm like very trusting people. Yeah. Like, way too trusting people. I've got burned trusting people and right know, and yeah we know those and, things and, you, and you, you you know this guy yeah um you know it burned burned me pretty bad and just it really like it hurts yeah but, like i guess shame on me because i didn't really know that the, the point that like i should have texted a bunch of people asking me if i should oh, have done yeah. it and i probably would have heard some not great things but i'm just so trusting in people but I, i've learned a lot of those hard lessons and and it sucks because like i don't want to change like i always want to be me and yeah. i always want to be unapologetically authentically me right but there is that part where it's like, okay, hey, I got to be fine tuning the businessman from who you are is probably my biggest struggle. And I, and I think this in the last six months, that's where I've actually tuned it. 
you know, finding the difference between, okay, here's Jason on a vacation with his friends. You can say where the hell you want. This is supposed to be the safest place rather than here's Jason going out to lunch with his friends still, but we're talking more business. Right. So here is, you know, the things that you fine tune. And I feel like we do get so passionate. So we want to share everything. Not so much because we want you, you, you need to come in on this. It's more so like, Hey, I expect you to be a cheerleader for me because right. I'm going to be a cheerleader for you. Anytime I see something on social media and you're so good at this, like I wish I w- I've been actually trying to be as good as you are at this because every once in a while you'll just like comment on my stories and stuff. And I'm like, dang dude, thanks. Like <laughs> you're the freaking man. Like, uh, no, that, dude, I do that on purpose, but that goes, that goes a long way. And we expect, like, I feel like if you give that, then you can expect it. But if you don't give that, it's just, it's just, we give so much that people can't give us back. Right. And uh, I don't think it's a disappointing thing because you understand we've done it for so long. It's just more so, like I said, fine tuning the businessman rather than Jason being a good friend. Right. For sure. And I definitely think that it's just a learning experience right i mean we're gonna learn some tough lessons i've learned some tough lessons you've learned some big tough lessons i've i've yeah i mean like i've lost i've lost tons of money yeah i've i've lost tons of relate i have people to this day that just they hate me for almost no reason and not not because they lost money with me or anything like that rarely people lose money with me at all yeah, well not, for, with now what you're doing but before yeah. it was a little bit a little bit different. but with before with the people that i associate the i've have to be more careful and i think this is this is in utah it is such a different culture than entrepreneurship outside of the utah bubble because almost everybody in utah has burnt somebody right and it's and i'm like why Right. Why do there's a lot of skeletons? You only burn somebody if you set if you didn't set the correct expectations. When somebody wants to get involved with my business, um, I always tell them, "Here's the worst case scenario. If you're not ready for the worst case scenario, don't do business with me, please. Right? Please do not do business with me. I'll tell you my opinion, but whatever's in writing when you sign that, that that is business. What our relationship is." And that's hard to do because I still am best friends and I answer the phone call to people that have lost me a lot of money. Right. Because I understood. I mean, hell, I've invested into people that want to start businesses, paid for everything, and then they turned around and decided they didn't want to do it and I lost, I just lost money. Really? Because they just decided not to. Right. Um, that's hard because in Utah, like everybody is... It's, it's small like city, right? Yeah. Where everybody knows everybody. Yeah. And... It's tough. Like it's not a way to, that I would do business, and like I guess that's why I'm so so confused of why like I've gotten like, dude, I've lost more money than I think than in investments than I've ever made. <laughs> like so honestly, like the dealership minus the dealerships, yeah. I have lost. I don't know if I've ever I've never been paid a dividend check. Really, never Man. one time, and that's why I'm so gun shy. Yeah, on investing, like yeah. I, and I know. So me, I'm more of like, look, I'm not going to give you money, but I'll give you my time. Yep. I'll give you my knowledge. Yep. And we can figure out something later because, and then I can come in, like, I'm really good at running businesses. I'm really good at all that stuff. So it's like, if you can use me for that, that's mm-hmm. where my superpower and my passion comes out. Yeah. And I love people. I love operating business. I love putting systems together. I love making them better. And I feel like I could do that with almost any business yeah. out there. Um, but when someone's like, hey, I need you to write a check for this. I'm like, 
like I just, I freeze up because I'm looked back of the hundreds of thousands of dollars I've lost. And I'm yeah. like, I've never been paid back a dollar. Yeah. Now everybody, oh, I, you know, still I've, I've one investment that we know of obviously just came out in the news that, you know, as a scam, all these things I've lost my, and that's gone. That's yeah. never coming back. Yeah. Um, even with the lawsuit and stuff, that's never coming back. Yeah. Um, but some of them, you know, it's frustrating because I get those calls or I make those calls of like, Hey, how's it going? And I, and I've never been the guy that's like bugging people about it. Yeah. But like, oh, it's going good. We got this and we got that going, this going and that going. And I'm like, ah, whatever. I'm never getting, getting back. And some of them, like my really good friends. And I'm like, it's just so frustrating. Like I have rental houses down in St. George. I've never made money. The Airbnbs never made money. <laughs> like we're just putting money into it. I'm like, why do I keep doing this stupid stuff? Yeah. But it's just that I have been a little bit too trusting and I haven't not like surrounded myself with the people that I can completely like really wholeheartedly yeah. trust. And, and the hard thing is with that too, is you to gain that trust financially is you have to invest with them, right? But you've already been kind of like scarred with that. Yeah. Oh dude, I'm scarred as hell. Like I, and I, like I, I, I hate the, like I hate the feelings that I feel towards, towards investing. And it's not even the people like yeah. I trust, but I just like, it's the, it's the investing in general um, because I've been so burned yeah. and like, like I, it's like, I've heard the same thing. It's like every, on repeat and give money and then boom, gone, give yeah. money and then boom, gone. And yep. it's like, you know, Oh, Hey, we're going to get this return. And it's like, okay, Sweet. well then, Oh, we can't pay this month, but we're going to, and then it's like, okay, well f literally three years down the road yeah. currently, yeah. not one single dividend check. And I'm like, okay, well the company still exists. Like yeah. I know that. Like I'm, I'm in, I know so, that something's going on financially yeah. there. Yeah. But it's like, okay, like you have all this money to do this. Like why haven't I? And so it's just hard, but but like trusting the right people and getting involved with the right people is so important, but it, yeah. it's hard. It's hard. Like I, it's, it's tough. And yeah. it, it's frustrating when I see people like succeed. Cause I'm like, how did you, <sighs> how did you trust that first? Like what yeah. happened? And like, I'm always really gun shy on it, but I, I'm learning like I, and I'm starting to get more trustworthy, but I'm very protective of, um, you know, my, my, my money now, like very, very protective of the money now. Yeah. Um, same. I, I, it's same thing though. And that that's hard. And especially it's, it's hard for people. I would say like, it's hard for people to invest with me because I'm the young, young buck on the scene. Right. I'm, I, I, I've, I've learned a lot. I dedicated myself into learning a lot of things, had an NFT project that went fairly well. And then, so I had capital to start playing and start doing X, Y, and Z. You know, I had investors that came in on that and we were waiting, you know, the biggest thing about investors, they want communication. And so I had them sign all these contracts, all these things. And then it, the way that it worked out is Shopify held my money for another six months just because they were like, we don't know what's going on here. We don't know if it's a scam. So we're going to hold it to see if there's any chargebacks, which there wasn't. And then, so I communicated with, this was my first ever investment on my own. Right. Right. Communicated with my investors and they were like, they're like, we're still good. Like, dude, we're, this is the five month mark. You're right. saying when we're going to get paid out is in, in 11 months. Like that's a great in like getting your ROI. Right. And then making profit on top of that. Right. That's where I made a staple of making, being a smart investment. Right. Because people were like, I know Dusky will take care of me because I have, because of the money has shown up in their bank accounts. Money has been there. So when I start things like rogue liquidity, and now starting um, Rogue X this next on the 27th, um, people are like, well, yeah, I'm going to get in with Dusky. Like I have people that 
when they got paid out from investing in a golden key society and they got paid out, they turned around the next day and invested the same amount of money back into rogue liquidity. Really? Because the, because I already proved to them, here's the thing about investors. And, and this is the, this is something that's really important. I get bagged on this all the time is you win the moment you get your money back. Right. Right. Yes. It's, you know, with inflation, blah, blah, blah. You may, you didn't make it back because 9%, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about that. The moment you get your money back, right. If you did any of those investments, like the investment that we know about that you lost money in, if you would have just gotten that money that you invested back, things would be okay. I would not feel no, as and you bad would, as I do now. And you would, and you would probably still have a relationship with that person because you said, because they had the dignity or they had the gusto to make sure you at least got your money that you invested back. Right. Maybe the investment didn't work out. Right. Maybe it didn't do what we thought or it would. Or at least would. 50%, 30%, Anything. 40% something. Because you're like, hey dude, you invested into me, so I'm going to do anything I possibly can to pay you back. Right. I don't care if, it, if you have to take a, a part-time job at Walmart or whatever, but that's what I would do. That's right. what I would do in order. Cause, cause when someone invests into me, it's almost like I'm taking on debt, even though their money's there, like rogue liquidity is setting up, up in a way where they're not spending money. And there's a service that just like, they're taking a negative right off the bat. Right. right. Even though I have their money, I almost feel like it's debt. Right. right. And that debt builds up. Like the, like they're making money with my investments. And for me, it's not a fact of it's going really great. It's going awesome. It's like that debt is going up. Right. right. And it's, and it's a good thing because then it gets paid out because they decide when they want to take it out and then it gets paid out and they're like, dude, he did, he did what he said. And I'm right. like, that's the ultimate way. That's why rogue liquidity is not going to run for the next 30 years. It's only going to be around for five to eight. Right. Everybody that invests into rogue liquidity, I'm like, don't, this isn't your 401k, even though many people take their, they've taken their 401ks and, and put into rogue liquidity. That's on them. That's, you know, I'm not a financial advisor or anything. I don't suggest that, but they have because in five to eight years when they decide they want to take it out because it is more of a long-term play, the reason I am doing that, the number one reason I'm ending it rather than keeping it going and making money is because I want a time where I say it's done and everyone gets their money. Because if that happens to you and I come to you and I say, hey, dude, I have a risky idea, super risky, you could lose it all. You're gonna be like, I'll do it. Because you know, Dusky's made me money. And if he thinks he can put his money in it and he's gonna do it, well, I'm gonna do it too. Right. So that's the hard thing. And I'm the young, young buck on the scene and stuff. And so I would say the larger known Utah people don't generally like that because I'm gonna solve problems. Like I like rogue liquidity and rogue X are going to be in the next two years. They are going to be the number, the, the two top investments in Utah. Right. And I'm going to smoke everybody. And, and I, I, not that I don't love them. I love all these guys and, and everything, but if you're selling services to grow businesses for people, I'm not going to name what those are, then it's not something that works right now. Right. It doesn't work. And I can show you that numbers based off of those companies, not numbers based off of personal experience or, or a chip I have on my shoulder. When you invest, you look at everything. You look at national averages, you look at all the things. That's why I built what I did because rogue liquidity and rogue X are based essentially 
you know, in a lack of terms, almost like banks, right? Where we, where we just make money because we float those funds to certain places. Right. Right. And so that's, that's where we win. And that's where all my clients are winning. That's why they, that's why if you ask my clients, any of my clients in rogue liquidity, which I'll send out phone numbers, right. Or any of my clients, like I'm doing rogue X launches next week and it's basically rogue liquidity, but it's a passive income source, which, cause I'm trying to solve that problem right now. Right. Um, I'm only allowing 20 people really? in, in rogue X because I need to make sure that my team can take care of it. Like my, my employees can be the best customer service in the entire world. I have the right. best, the best. I'll be anybody when it comes to customer service. Really? And I want to make sure that those 20 people they're taking, they're the, they're new frontier. They're the wild West, right? They're the cowboys that want to go and look for gold. Right. Right. And they understand that. Cause I set the proper precedence and I'm like, Hey, it's not just you. I'll put my money in it too. And let's go, let's go, let's go tame the wild West. And they're right. like, let's do it. If we do it, we solved one of Utah's biggest issues, I, I feel like, in the investing world, which is passive income, because no one wants to freaking go to McDonald's and work. Right. So if I can start solving that problem, if I can have a passive income and a long-term solution, who else do you got to go to? Right. All you have to go to is, you know, Ryan or or somebody to help you with real estate investing, because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be that guy. Right. Um. You you hit them up. You do that because I think real real estate will always be anybody. That's my right. that's my thing. Right. If someone says, well, I have hundred K I could put into real estate or hundred K to put into you. I say, my personal opinion is real estate is king in, in five years and 10 years or whatever, security wise, it's, I think it's king. Right. It's an asset. Right. Um, but I need to solve these two issues of, okay, you have real estate. You want to get, you want to have a long-term investment and a passive income. Well, Dusky's got you covered. Right. And so that's trying to solve problems. Uh, I like that, man. And I know that you, and that's what you do. I mean, that that's, and that's why I like you because um, you've had some things in your professional life um, go completely upside down. Oh yeah. Um, com- and completely upside down. And, and, and I'll just say, you know, I don't know if, it, but it's cost you a ton of money. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but it shouldn't have, but it cost you a lot of money because you made the decision that people invested in me. I'm going to pay them back personally somehow. Yeah. And nobody else did it. Like, I'm kind of bummed I didn't yeah. didn't invest with you, you know, back in the day. But, um, you know, that says to me like what kind of person you are. Thank you. And in like, I don't know of anybody else that would do that. I mean, that that would be hard. Yeah. But I'm well, like you. When people buy very like, hard. Like when people buy trailers from me or work for us, like I feel like that's personally from me. Like, it, yeah. And it it means a lot to me. And so dude it's just like like kudos to you like you you like that's crazy like Thanks, you, like you did not have to do it you could have walked away boom boom i'm done and oh, yeah. moved on to the next thing and like legally you weren't on the line for anything nope you didn't have to help any of these people nope um but you made the decision to do that and still to this day are doing that and yeah. it means a lot to a lot of people like i i think that's awesome dude yeah to this day i'm still trying to figure out a way that it's, it's funny because I'm trying to figure out a way to solve somebody else, what somebody else screwed others over with. Right. Right. I'm because I was, because I took pictures for a person, I, I didn't even, I wasn't even the, the guy or the, the sales dude. Right. Right. But because I did that, I almost feel that I can, I, I could help. I I'm, I'm not a guy that's I'm going to spend my money for good for the rest of my life. Right. For good, either 
building experiences with my friends and, and my family or for good to help people go from one thing to another or mend the bridge. Right. I'm always going to do that. That's where my money will go. Like fr- frick that like, I just bought my first watch, but because people say that you got to do it. Right. And I've, right. I've made all this money, bro. I've never bought myself a Rolex. I never spent money on like crazy shoes. I bought my first, like I bought my first Louis bag. Right. Right. Like, these aren't these are things that are cool sure but i'm all about like taking that much like literally this this louis bag cost me you know 2200 bucks i'm not trying to flex on that i mean it's not a very expensive one but 2200 dollars. do you know what i could i could have taken all of my friends to a dinner and to the club after right and probably you know gotten a limo for the day right, right? for the price of that bag to me the experience is worth more. Right. Because I'm not going to take that bag where, when I die. The only thing I ask my wife to, to bury me with is like me holding a Glock, like on my chest. Like that's <laughs> it. So I got to make sure I have the Glock. Right? right. But other than that, like my entire life will be to solve problems and to spend my money to like, I just want people to look back on on my life and on their life and be like, "Damn, that was a roller coaster," and right? Then pass away, and and that that's awesome because like leaving that legacy is is so important, and I I like that because it, it's a it's living a life that fulfills you, but it's like chasing fulfilling other people's lives. Oh yeah. And not chasing a dollar. Like yeah. we, we, people get so lost in chasing the dollar. Yep. And like experience, like my wife and I, like we can go buy cool things and we have nice things. Some of them I, you know, maybe regret shouldn't have bought. Um, but like, like shit, we I'm never gonna use this. Right. Yeah. And like, like I have, I have more watches than I should. Yeah. You know, I haven't worn a couple of them in over a year <laughs> and I'm like, that's just money sitting there. Now in my eyes, like a watch is an investment like that yeah. because I've made money on everything I've ever bought. Oh yeah. As far as the jewelry and watches. Um, but it's hard. It's like you spend that much money and you, th- and like you think your life's going to be fulfilled and you buy it and you might wear it. And then you get bummed because not a single person commented on it. And then you're like, <laughs> what the heck? And then, you know, but, but that is why like talking about relationships is um, it drives Mikel crazy. Every time I see Jordans, Hey man, I like your Jordans. Hey, Hey, Oh, I love your Jordans. Like girl, guy, it doesn't matter. Hey, I like your Jordans. Nice shoes. I'll just always, yeah. I'll bump people with like, nice shoes. If, oh, thanks. A uh, nice watch. Oh, thanks. I know because like yeah because that's a, they bought it they for bought someone it to of, say yeah, that yeah. So even went, though nobody does but I but I know like I've I've gone so much in the psychology about people it's I know if they're like if they I I can personally tell they care what they look like because of how they they dress yeah or kind of the style and how they act yeah it's like oh I like your hat oh I like your shoes oh I like your watch oh, I like that and it's like like thanks yeah and I've actually created a couple of relationships at the jazz arena because I go all the time of just saying hey I like your watch I like your shoes I like this I like that oh, yeah we talk now there you go like and it's kind of weird of like 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 now we care about it like we're, we're having like we have a friendship yeah uh, and it's like that's how just how I am and I can go talk to anybody like I, I can literally go talk to anybody like yesterday I was sitting behind cam rising at the University of Utah game <laughs> and um uh Dalton and Keithy and some other, like they were the whole, the core of the yeah. University of Utah football team was sitting there. I just started talking Chat to Cam Rising. Yeah, like, just, hey, what's up? Like, I didn't ask for anything. I ended up asking Cam to be on the podcast. So we'll see if he, yeah. if he takes it. But um, it was just cool, man. Like, like in knowing that 
um, you care means a lot. And so like when you're going into your businesses and teams, it's like, Hey, how's this? How's that? How's your birthday? How's your daughter's birthday? How's this? Like now, you know, there's gotta be that fine line, that, that relationship boss and everything, but you can still have a great relationship. Um, but it's investing into that, investing to knowing and investing to care and saying something. But yeah. it's funny because it drives Mikel crazy. Um, <laughs> but I'll even, I'll comment on a lady's earrings. Oh, I love your earrings. Yeah. Like, oh, I love your Chanel bag. Like, what? See, hey, like, that's like a big thing though. Yeah, but like, I love your Chanel bag. Oh, is that a, like, is that a, like it's got calfskin this, this? <laughs> No, I've, I haven't, I have been told I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. I don't know if that's true or not because I know so much about high fashion and fashion, but it's like, See? it's kind of the, I love it. Like I love I love seeing people like make money and go spend it. Cause I feel like it's an energy transfer. And the way that you walk around with the swag of something yeah. is, is something Especially to be when said. somebody says, Hey, that looks nice. Yeah. Like that entire day is going to be different for them. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of that can be in cult. Like, I don't even know how we got talking about this, but a lot of it can be in, in culture and team building and with employees and even with clients of like knowing what they are, you know, or who they are, um, what they like, different oh, yeah. things because surprising them in that culture is as unlike anything else. And you talk about your customer service. Um, that's huge. Like, yeah. like that, that's, that's massive to, to do, especially in investing. So, yeah. And, it, and for me personally, it's even easier to do because my employees, I, I hired my family. Right. So like, um, my brother, he has 10 years experience in account management for a makeup company. He did, he was the VP over the United States. Wow. And, um, this makeup company did really well during COVID and they did really bad after really. So like, they were like, yeah, we're, we're going bankrupt. And so they, they try to fit my brother into different positions and stuff, but they laid him off. Nothing to do with him. It was just like literally the business, like they're going out of business right? and they're liquidating everything. And so the moment my brother quit his job, the neck, the text message I sent him, right after he announced it to the family was, I want to hire you. I'll match your pay. Come join my team, please. Wow. I was like, let's, and he was like, ah, yeah, yeah. You know, like at the time I had, I, I just hired my first employee, right? First ever employee. I, w- I mean, I used to manage about 70 employees for Pepsi. So I right. know how to build a culture and how to, you know, treat people correctly and, and do all that stuff, pay them all all the HR stuff. I know how to do that. That's what I did in during Pepsi and stuff. Right. So me building my own team, actually my first employee, he got fired by a certain man that we both know that you've invested with and I've yep. invested with. And, uh, he was, he's so undervalued. He will, he, and he was so undervalued. And so I said, Hey, come, I'll match, I'll match your pay. You know, I, I've never done this before as an entrepreneur, but let's do this. Right. He's like, all right, let's go for it. And then my brother quit, well, got laid off. Um, and I said, I need you to work for me and I have the perfect role for you. And now he does all of the account management for Rogue Liquidity. Really? And and he is, I want to say like, he's my CEO, you know, like I'm just, I'm the guy that just throw, like I, I always tell him like, I'm the guy with the shovel, like shoveling crap into the funnel. Like right. I, all the ideas we talk every Monday and I just shovel, like I th- like throw up all my ideas on him and then he organizes it and puts it out to my employees, right. which is exactly what I need. Cause I'm scatterbrained and I like to have fun. And if you want me to like sit down and just do one little thing, sometimes that's hard right. because I'm just everywhere. Right. Um, but my brother's awesome. And then, you know, I, my dad texts me and he's like, Hey, I'd love to work for you. 
my dad has a master's degree in years and years in creative writing, right? Perfect. Like the guy can edit anything. He will there. He could edit a legal document, you know, like he is so good at what he does. And I said, absolutely. I'll hire you. And so I hired my dad, you know, he's a teacher and he's still a teacher right now, but he does, you know, I've hired him full time on my, so he's doing two full time jobs uh, until he's done. And my goal is through the summer is for him to quit that job, like quit teaching. He's been teaching for 15 years. I want him to just send in his two weeks and be done and just work for me all like, I mean, he already does. And in the summer he doesn't work. Right. Right. So I get him like that full time. Um, But building that culture is so much easier with your family. Right. Like my family, my brother, my, my dad, they're the ones I have relationships with. I don't really have a relationship with my sister or my mom. Um, But they know when it's, when it's business dusky or it's like, let's, let's hang out and like play dusky. And there is a very extreme separation of those two things. I mean, I'd imagine that it somewhat be the same, like you and your dad and stuff doing business together. Like, you know, when he's dad and you know, when he's whatever your dad's name is and Randy, Randy, you know, shout out to Randy. So, you know, (laughs) you know, when he's those things, like when we can just be, and, and I feel at times, sometimes it switches pretty quickly, but building a culture, especially with like my brother, um, and he has some anxieties about certain things and he wants to make sure he's doing a really good job. The most important thing for me as an, as a business owner is to make sure that my top guy feels that he is encumbered with love and support and it, and it being my brother is very easy. Cause I can just, I can be very, you know, straightforward and shoot straight and be like, dude, you're doing a great job. If you're doing a shit job, I wouldn't be around the bush. Cause you're my brother. I'd right. say you're literally garbage if, if I need to. Right. Because you, cause you deserve to know where I stand. Right. Um, and my brother is probably, uh, one of the best employees in the world. Like he is made to manage people. Um, and like Tony Robbins says, you know, there's employees, there's managers, then there's entrepreneurs. My brother and I were probably, you know, whatever you believe in, whoever created you, God probably was like, here's the entrepreneur, here's the manager, you'll figure out the rest, right? right. You'll find the employees. And like, I was the entrepreneur, my brother was the manager. Right. And my brother's four years older than me. So like, it's, it's cool dynamic. My brother sure. is very respectful and understands when I'm talking business, like we're talking business. I don't need older brother. I don't need an older brother look in this. I'm right. I need you to say yes and no, or, or give me business advice on here of what you see. Right. But building culture is something that I've looked up to you for a lot. I've actually watched, like when I, when I look at your stuff and me building my business and hiring people, you know, like I'm on track to like my, my goal for this month for this year is to hire a new person every single month. Wow. I need to grow that much. Right. Like I need to keep going. Right. I need to rapid, like we're going to grow big. The best thing to do, what I've learned from you is implanting the proper culture at the beginning. Right. And so a lot of these people I'm bringing on, I'm like, Hey, you deserve, you deserve for me to be a straight shooter. Right. When I'm, when I don't think you're performing, you deserve for me not to just be like, yeah, let's try this. You deserve for me to say, Hey, I don't think you're performing. Why? Like, what is it? 
Am, is it because of me or is it because of you? Because if it's because of me, I'll change it. If it's if it's because of you, I need you to change that or we need to find somewhere else where you fit. Right. You know, and it might not be with me. That's something I've learned from you and like learning that that code. We're actually, it's funny because your thing is like the shield, uh-huh. right? So we're kind of like building like our own shield. I love it. Just like base it off of like things that I've learned from you and like of our values and everything. Right. And oh, so, man, I mean, that that's one of the biggest compliment I could ever have, dude. And I, and I, and I'd offer you that I, I would love to sit down with you and dissect it. Cause I, oh, heck yeah. I, I, uh, that I've studied this for years and years and years and years and years. And my goal now is to spread that and share that and to be able to help people kickstart their businesses because like the work, like it, it's, it's hard to implement stuff when you have a massive team. Now I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's hard, yeah. especially when you're years down the road. And yeah. so, um, just from my experience and, DRV dealerships and, you know, having 180 employees across three states that are all different walks of life and all different um, demographics. I mean, I, I've learned a ton and, yeah. you know, that's the reason for this podcast is just because yeah. I, I love doing it. So I, I would love to. What do you think real quick? What do you think is the number one issue when it comes to culture? People not feeling appreciated. And then w- follow-up question. Okay. Number one thing is people not feeling appreciated. Follow-up question is how do you feel? How do you help people feel appreciated genuinely? Figure out what they love. Figure out how, how what makes them happy. Figure out what, what would make them operate the best and let them know that you're appreci- you appreciate them and, and thank them. I mean, look at them in the eye and say thank you and appreciate you for all that you do and showing that um, like that, that, that speaks volumes. Like it doesn't yeah. have to get super crazy detailed and go over the top and you have to buy them and send them on this trip and send them on that trip. Like it's very fun to be able to do competitions and things like that, mm-hmm. but just look them in the eye and say like, Hey, thank you so much. Appreciate you did that. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's different ways that I do that and we could, we could dive into that and, uh, you know, <laughs> you get, you get together, but, um, just knowing, knowing them yeah. and taking the time to care would speak a lot to them and telling them that you, you, you know, thank them for doing this or, Hey, thanks for getting me out of the bind or sending them a little gift saying, Hey, thank you so much for, I know it was last minute. I know you worked on a Saturday. Here's a, I'm going to Venmo you 10 bucks to go to Starbucks on the way in on Monday. Yeah, like like things like that, that goes a long way to just know how oh, he appreciates me. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like your goal here, here's my goal on people. I've gotten actually a lot of bad publicity from this and a lot of bad flack. Okay. Uh, my goal for you or for, so my goal for a team member is for you you to have the excitement and the joy for what what would get you out of bed at 6 a.m. on a Saturday where your feet hit the ground, the alarm goes off, and at 6 and 10 seconds, 6 a.m. and 10 seconds, your feet hit the ground, and you're excited to get up for the day because something's going on. How can I create a working environment where you are so happy to come to work, where you're excelling all day long and, and performing at a high level, where you love your job, and you love what you're doing in your job. Not just you love the company that you're working for, you love what you are actually doing. That's my goal. Now, it's never gonna be perfect, but how can we get there? That's yeah. what I'm, that's what I'm studying. Close. How can we get close to that? Like, that's what I'm studying. Yeah. Is how can we do different things to create that where you're not dreading coming? Yeah. And then also having those communication lines that if you are dreading coming, we have a conversation about it. Yeah. And last, last question for you, yeah. let's say somebody is in a business or they're, they're a boss or an entrepreneur or something and things aren't going right. Their culture sucks. What do you think are like the top three tips that you'd give them to start turning that around? Get your leaders in a round table and start talking about values. 
And whether you have three values, four values, five values, six values, um, our company has six values, everything that we, we stand by, you know, create a mission statement of why you come to work, create a, a vision statement of where you're, where you're taking the company, where you're going, define your values, you know, three to four or five bullet points per value. And then which, which is done, like we're doing it right now. We're getting all the, we're getting a committee together in the whole company where they're going to come up with the definitions of what they, their view of the values are and taking a, a reset of the culture, taking an inventory of the culture. How are we dealing with people? What's going on? Where are our pain points? The best thing that I've implemented recently is doing feedback surveys or engagement surveys, um, which are completely anonymous, but it, it goes down to the manager of that department and how they feel about the manager of that department. Mom. Like it, it's very detailed and it's a ton of questions about engagement and feeling important, empowered, and appreciated. And it's, it's detailed. And then oh, we can keep going. Like there's just so much that goes into it, but those are the most important things Wow, is, is actually caring and knowing and sitting around and making a point in every single meeting and not letting it, not, not letting anything go by. You set the, it takes 21 days to create a habit, right? You, you have 21 days, straight days of creating these habits to be able to implement them. It will change your business. Just from a, I've been consulting with a business recently, and just from a couple meetings, they've seen massive growth. Heck yeah. And I love that. It's, it, and, and like, that's where I'm like, wow, like maybe I really should do this more full time. Um, you know, because I've just done this kind of honestly just on the side and just been like, yeah, I'll come help and do this. But people are like, man, I, I just from listening to your podcast, like I was today, I was at an appointment, like just from listening to your podcast, it's helped me so much. It's done this for me. It's done that for me. And I'm like, huh. Like, I guess they're like, it kind of makes me proud because hey, that's it, awesome. and it goes to the team of what we've been able to do. Um, but this is that, this is what I want to share across America. Yeah. This is who, this is my legacy that I want to leave yeah. is how to do this. And it's not just BS. Like, like I've met some people that talk about this stuff and it's like, it's just theory, right? Yeah. Like I have a company that we are doing this with right now that we are implementing things right now that we operate right now in real time what I'm doing. It's not, I'm walking the walk. I'm not just talking the talk. And I'm proud to say that because we have a great team, but I'm not one of those guys that's just speaking on all oh, this, you know, theory. I read a book. One. I read some lead. I read a bunch of leadership books and I put it all together. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I have read a lot of those read, uh, leadership books, but I'm putting it together and actively using it. Yeah. And so then we could dive deep into it, but <laughs> um, it, it's interesting to see. And like, you know, if when I go into a company, you know, there's, I have a whole entire basically curriculum that I go over initially with the owner, with the executive team, manager team, directors, vice presidents. I mean, we go down the list and I work with the groups and it's interesting. It's fascinating. That's awesome. I love That's it. great, dude. But dude, I dude, last thing I want to ask him, holy crap, we're over, we're over an hour. Um, oh, but, uh, oh yeah. Last thing I want to ask you, dude, is what does success mean to you? How do you define success? If people want to, how I define success is, do people want to be associated with you? That's how I define the success. I love that. Like money is just money. I tell my wife all the time, money's fake. It's not real. Right. I, I really believe that money is just a number that just goes up and down and does these things. And maybe when you get to that, you know, like a lot of people listening to this that don't, that aren't entrepreneurs or they don't have a lot of money or anything like that. You know, there is value in different ways in money, obviously, but but the you're successful when people want to associate themselves with you in the most genuine way, not just because you have money and they're like, this guy has money. Let's go and, you know, hang out with him or he's going to pay for drinks. You know, like I'm notorious for paying for like any lunch or dinner. Like I'm right. like 
my wife is like, you got to stop doing that. Cause people are going to start like taking advantage of that. Right. Right. But when people genuinely paid for you secretly paid for us at Mastro's, I did. Yeah. Which is all good. I appreciate you for doing Uh, that. But I I would have definitely bought a bigger steak. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, But like, uh, people, when people genuinely want to be with you, like I get text messages out of the blue from people I've probably haven't hung out with in a while that say, Hey, I'm going to go do this. Do you want to come with me? And I'm like, absolutely. Because they thought of me to be with me. Right. They, they value the time they have with me. That's success. If people want to be around you and be with you genuinely, there are pe- there are entrepreneurs in this world in, in Utah that people want to be around and that's just because they want to use you. Right. And it's not, I will say this will probably be my most contradictory thing is like, it's not because you're valuable. Right. It's not because you're successful either. It's because you have money and money is not success. Success is when people feel you believe in them and they genuinely just want to be around and listen to the words you say. I love that. That It's, it's so true, dude. And, and I feel like that's you. I mean, it's Thanks, so, dude. dude, you're the most genuine person. I, I do my met. best. That you're awesome. Dusky, where can people find you at you know, on socials? At Dusky Rogue on Instagram. Uh, that's probably just the best way to find me. Uh, just Instagram is like my bread and butter. Um, just hit me up. any If anybody needs anything and I can help, hit me up. At, at Dusky, D-U-S-K-Y, Rogue, R-O-G-U-E. And I answer everybody. I love it. I'm not Dusky, too busy yet. You're awesome, man. <laughs> Rogue Liquidity is doing awesome, just doing great things. I'm really, you as a person. I mean, that's what Thanks, this man. podcast is all about is you Same as a person. Same though. Means a lot. I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm trying to be like you and I grow up. <laughs> yeah, for real. But I appreciate you, man. And uh, this, I'm sure this won't be the first episode because I want to, I want to keep this journey going and, and keep. Did I just? I'm, I'm yeah. a huge fan of you and Lindsay, so Thank I just you, really man. appreciate you guys. Heck yeah, let's touch base later for sure.